0: I feel it's it's a movement that we all have to be behind. And if we want to see our industry come out of this in a positive light and move forward in the best way possible, we have to work on it all, like, all together. And the mental well-being of our staff, guests, and everyone that comes within our like, together in our industry, like, we really have to fight and move forward to Give the best, because at the end of the day, we're gonna need a workforce. This isn't something that we can all do by ourselves. So it doesn't matter how resilient an individual is. It's it's a team sport.
1: This week we are delving into the archives of unreleased episodes. This was an episode that was recorded back during COVID with one of our ambassadors from Canada, Imran Texera. Imran started his hospitality career at the age of 14, and at 17 years old, was cooking breakfast for Oprah Winfrey. He's well traveled, having lived in Brighton in the UK, as well as traveling back to Canada, and is a valued member of the Burnt Chef ambassador team. So I enjoyed this chat. Pleasure to be able to play it to you now, and we'll get going after a short message from our sponsors, Lamb Weston. The Burnt Chef project is proudly sponsored by Lamb Western a leading provider of innovative, high-quality potato products created for chefs to help operators thrive both today and tomorrow. Working carefully with sustainably-minded farmers and growers, Lamb Weston provides potato solutions for every type of kitchen, from premium British chips and fries to potato shapes, wedges and mash. To find out more, head to lambwestern.eu or search your partner in potatoes. Hi, Moon. How's it going? Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's things with
0: you? Could be better, could be worse. We're, we're, we're still in a full lockdown here in Canada right now, so definitely wishing I was still in the UK with seeing things how they're opening up in the near future. But right now, just trying to take it day by day, and hopefully it gets better in the near future. Have they not given you any idea of timescales yet? Nothing. They're saying that we've been in lockdown in Toronto since late last fall, around October came out of it for maybe a week, week and a half this spring, right back in a full lockdown. And they're thinking around May 20th, they'll reassess it, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better right now, especially with the new variants coming in from India and whatnot. It's not looking very positive right now, unfortunately.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I wonder I wonder what that means then for hospitality in the UK.
0: Well, that's it, right? It's, it's, it's interesting to see like how the US is opening up, the UK, Denmark, like, and different places, Scandinavia, like how's it gonna like transpire over there like we we've cut off international travel coming in directly from india but at the end of the day there's there's still ways that these viruses can come in and you never really know which way it's going to turn oh it fills me full of dread that does (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely a hard reality to face and trying to combat that in multiple ways right now mentally and physically it's definitely a challenge there's no doubt no dude i'm sorry to hear that but how are you and yourself uh i'm personally not too bad i have a Good support system here. I've, what, being just over a year now from when Canada first locked down in March 2020, I've come a long way personally based on personal resilience and different coping mechanisms that you had to look for without having your normal vices to go to, with the gyms being closed down, not being able to play organized sports Like last summer, they took off all the hoops from all the basketball nets around the city because they didn't want people gathering. Like it's crazy, but at the same time, like that's it's part of the reality of it, and it's just sad. And like for me, and like for us in the industry, it's it's hard. But then even when you think of kids trying to explain that to them and letting them know they can't go out and play with their their friends, like that that's the hardest part. And everyone's fighting a pretty hard battle right now
1: yeah it does sound like it and it's strange times especially for youngsters who per, perhaps like as adults we can kind of comprehend it a little bit better but yeah for them I think that's a strange old concept to get their head around hey
0: yeah even even for us I I still can't fathom it and just like to see how it's going knowing that there's no like full end in sight like yeah it's 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 definitely hard nuts so Thank you
1: for joining me today. I'm assuming you've heard some of the podcasts already? Well, I've probably listened to almost every single person by now. (laughs) Good. Okay, well, it's going to be a busy week next week. I'm literally, I'm trying to edit as many as I can today and get all like five out next week, every single day. But so you know, the format of it, you know, we, we delve into a little bit about who you are, what your background is, how you've ended up in hospitality. But also we talk about, you know, experiences with mental health and well-being, and you know, we aim to inspire people. We aim to uh, you know, give people a, an insight into what it's like in different cultures to work in hospitality in different mm-hmm. countries. But also, like you know, life lessons, and we talk about experiences on you know, ways forward, rather than just focusing on you know, smashing the stigma and talking about depression and anxiety and eating disorders and that sort of thing. So, if you're all good with that, we can we can just roll straight into it and. Yeah, it sounds perfect. I think the best thing to do is just in your own time, just explain to explain to the listeners who you are, where you're talking from, and yeah, we'll, we'll get going.
0: Well, uh, my name is Imran Teixeira, and I'm a born and raised Canadian cook, right now we're located in Toronto, Canada. Leading up to the pandemic, I was living and working in the south of England, down in Brighton and Hove. With Steve Edwards at Etch, my partner at the time, was doing her master's at the University of Sussex. So we were down there for a set amount of time. And based on my upbringing, my parents were, they left their home countries and they grew up in the UK. So I have dual citizenship between UK and Canada, so... The food scene for me, there's a big part of who I am, and I've always had big dreams of living and working in that country. So much of my immediate family do live in different parts of England, so it's definitely like a second home. So having that opportunity to be in that country, to really live the life being there knowing that everyone there is talking about football, the food scene. Like in Canada, you don't have people talking about that. It's about hockey or the NFL. It's it's not the same thing. So to be in a place where you truly feel at home, but you didn't grow up there, it's it's an interesting feeling. So being in Brighton was absolutely amazing because I was able to – live on the coast see the water from my front door got to work with such an amazing team like with steve like such a nice guy and he he gave a lot of good advice moving forward he knew i was only going to be there for a short amount of time so we both had a lot of transparency and what we wanted out of each other and it's nice to have that because a lot of times in the industry you find a lot of people use each other just to make a quick buck or to move forward but we both know what we are looking for in the meantime and we both wanted to grow in different ways as he was expanding with different pop-ups and his residency in London. We were both able to help each other out and that time I did spend with him and his team was absolutely amazing and it really like it will always give me warm memories of my time spent there. Unfortunately when COVID took over it seemed to have started in the Brighton area. So to be there and seeing that all pop off was was pretty crazy. And it was a crazy transition for me and my partner to move over because our our buying power is half of what the British pound is. So coming over financially is a big step. And then getting set up and then thinking that, oh, we're going to live in the UK or in Europe and travel in between. And then all of a sudden like borders are starting to close and you can just see the wave of things closing across Europe and that anxiety starts it starts to kick in and I'm just like okay our lease is coming up your schooling's almost done and I'm like okay should we leave the UK or not and there was one day where the Prime Minister of Canada saying if you're a Canadian citizen overseas you should probably think about coming back we're looking at tightening our border restrictions and I talked to Steve and he was totally supportive about me taking a step away to head back and I think I left on like a Monday and that Friday the whole of the UK closed. It's timing for you hey? I just got back and I got the last flight that was maybe one way was like 350 pounds and the day after the cheapest flight was probably like two three grand minimum so the fact that like I just made that like gut instinct I'm like you know what something's telling me that we should get the heck out of here and i definitely lost money but in the long run like it could have been a lot worse yeah massively so
1: so you're staying with family whilst you're over in canada Are you staying in canada long term for covid providing
0: (sighs) i'm staying with my partner and uh, family right now obviously with us moving to the uk like I sold my car, we sold all our belongings, put what we had left into storage, and we're like, let's go. So, been living out of a suitcase for a little bit. Thank God I got my cookbooks back with me to help me pass the time a little bit, but it's so hard where. We had such big sights on traveling through Europe. We both have a lot of families scattered throughout different parts of Europe and whatnot. So, to have so many things put on hold and not knowing how the world's going to open up, it's really changed our perspective on what we want now and in the future. And seeing how, like, the line of work I'm in, like, she's not in the hospitality sector, but for me to think, like, moving forward, like, what is the best step for me now and, and in the future? So it's really changed on like what we're gonna be looking for. Yeah, it's a strange,
1: certainly a strange old time. So talk to me a little bit about your background. How did you get into chefing and working in hospitality?
0: for me, I was born and raised in, into food. I don't have any family members that own restaurants or anything, but based on like the culture I was brought up with, like food was always a big gathering point within our family. My background is Portuguese Indian. So Obviously, a big mix of that comes from our relatives that have come over from India that have like made roots within the UK and then come over to Canada. But all those meetings always came around food itself and just being around that culture, being around that the quality of the food and the flavors. It was just something that was in my blood and it was something that I always like had some love for. And I just found myself always in the kitchen. And I think about age 13 or 14, I was a pot washer one out of necessity to, I had a little extra pocket money and whatnot. But at the same time, it just looks so much fun. And I just wanted to get my foot in in a door somewhere. And I didn't really think it would have been the career path at the time. But once you get in, you, you can just feel the love and it just grew into something so much from there.
1: That's pretty amazing. And so where was it? What sort of places were you working in to begin with?
0: So obviously, the first place is here. We don't have Michelin restaurants in Canada. Being a thirteen, fourteen-year-old pot washer, you're not working at the nicest places in the world. So it was a local chain restaurant, and but you know it taught you a lot about the industry, some of the good things, and definitely a lot of the bad things as well. And being at that age, you take in so much that a lot of people your age don't probably normally see you until five, ten years later. So it was like a slap in the face with the amount of like life experiences that you're taking in. And I was able to learn so much at a young age, both in a career aspect and and personally. But going from there, I started getting into higher end restaurants, more tapas bars, and I was able to sign up as an apprentice throughout my my high school. And I was able to work at one of the leading five-star hotels in the city I grew up in. And that just it exploded my career, meeting a lot of high-end clientele, seeing how banquets works, running restaurant weddings. Like It was absolutely amazing. Getting in all those different experiences at a young age really helps you like, guide yourself later in life to know exactly where you want to go. I always wanted to put my foot in different environments where I was comfortable, not comfortable, if I liked the flavors or not, just to see what really stuck to me. So I know like down the road, okay, I've tried everything. I now know which way I want to lean into and I still fine. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think that's just like a constant evolution that you're always going to be evolving and growing. But to have that like drastic exposure at that age was, it was really nice.
1: Yeah. Good experience. You know, I think within hospitality, certainly more so than ever, I think that, you know, there aren't very many other industries where you're going to a stage or you're going, you know, you'll jump every year or two years to go and find new experiences. Like most jobs, you know, certainly white collar industry, you tend to stick in a career for two, three, four, five, six years, and you'll go on to something similar, but with hospitality, we've got this fantastic ability to go and be able to dip our toe in the water of various places and get a get a feel for what it's like, different cuisines, different styles, you know it really is it's, i mean it's great for that reason alone really
0: yeah it's it's completely true, and like I grew up luckily with a family that put a lot of importance on international travel. So being able to touch different corners of the earth and obviously having the family in the UK to always like bounce between to see like the culture there compared to North America. And then having I had a chance in maybe about five, six years ago, I came over for a few months and I was able to do a bunch of stashes at a few of the top restaurants. So seeing how those restaurants got to run and see the quality of the food and like what they put importance on and to see how the food trends like differ from being so close, like in Toronto New York and seeing like the this, like, this styles coming up from the US and then seeing what styles you have in the UK and coming over from different parts of Western Europe, I was able to do a stage with Claude Bossy at his restaurant in Mayfair Hibiscus at the time, seeing Tom Carriage at the Hand in Flowers, being at Adams in Birmingham. I got to see how like some of the best restaurants in that country ran and seeing the different styles because some things we thought was old school in North America was very on trend in the UK at the time. And same thing vice versa. So it's, it's always interesting to see and pull different notes. And that's what I think is super cool about the Canadian food scene is that you have such a, the most multicultural country in the world, and we're pulling in different influences from everywhere, where I think in time to come, we'll probably have one of the coolest food scenes that there is
1: and certainly with your heritage as well i mean portuguese tends to be uh you know pulling different influences from from different countries and of course they've got their own and then you've got the indian background as well so ultimately you're what a smorgasbord of opportunity and culinary delight to choose from hey
0: well that's it i'm such a a mixture myself and it's been a long time to try and find out who i am and when you have such a mixed background it it, it takes a lot of time i'm not just like I'm not Italian, my grandparents are Italian, my great-grandparents. It's such a big mix where you're always trying to pull in different, different things. And it's been such an interesting journey. And even to just go through it on a daily basis, you're always learning something new. Yeah,
1: 100%. So I mean you contacted me through Instagram which I was very grateful for. Was it over in England and Brighton that you you came to hear about the Burn Chef project?
0: Yeah, like the the podcast was the first thing that came like up on my radar and then I started doing more research into it and I've known of like the staff canteen and the different talks that you've done in the past and then I started diving into more research especially given the times when you have so much extra free time on your hands. I've really gone to like sit down and listen to all the podcasts and go through what. what you guys were doing. And it just resonated with me so much based on different problems that everyone has in the industry or that I've had personally, especially going through like the COVID era itself. It's just, it's crazy. And it's great to see how you guys have highlighted it and the resources you offer to help people like me and others to really combat the problems that we're dealing with and come out on the other side in a better way
1: yeah i mean it's just you know the industry is is brilliant and i love it to bits and i think it's important that we grow it and we leave it healthier than when we got here so that's i mean that's the aim and if things like the podcast are useful then it's it's good to hear it's great to hear especially now that you've taken it back home as well if you're enjoying this week's episode consider heading over to our website and supporting our ongoing work in destigmatizing mental illness and creating a healthier happier and more sustainable industry By purchasing some of our branded merchandise, we have a whole range of T-shirts, hoodies, chef's jackets, well-being journals, plus a whole host more available on Worldwide Dispatch. All funds raised from sales of these items go towards free-to-access e-learning content, as well as providing free support systems and help for those who may be experiencing difficulty with their mental health we're getting messages pop up regularly from different parts of the world, including Canada and New South Wales and Australia. And so it's a, a case now I really need to rack my brains as how we expand this into a, a global, com- uh, even more of a global conversation. And we really put grassroots down in each country. So and I've, I've got you marked as our man on the ground over there at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely more than happy to help spread the message. I feel it's it's a movement that we all have to be behind and if we want to see our industry come out of this in a positive light and move forward in the best way possible, we have to work on it like all together and the mental well being of our staff, guests, and everyone that comes within our like, together in our industry, like we really have to fight and move forward to Give the best, because at the end of the day, we're gonna need a workforce. This isn't something that we can all do by ourselves. So it doesn't matter how resilient an individual is. It's it's a team sport. And if you're not taking care of the team, it's it's gonna show. A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: And so what does the subject of sort of mental health and mental illness mean to you?
0: For me it's it's been something I've thought I've had to put off or that I didn't think was as important before because It's like that old school mentality, like of just pushing through it, of playing through the pain, as you will. Like you get a little nick in a football game, and they're just like rub some dirt on it, keep playing type thing. And there's different times where different burnouts or like the long hours, different stress factors come in, and you're just told to like play it off, or even just being based on the background I have, like the racism that you see in kitchen, or even like it's not always racism, but the jokes that you can get around. It wouldn't happen in any other industry. And the stuff I've seen in this country and just others that I've traveled in, it's crazy to see those things. So to come out of it and to really combat those things, like the mental game has to be strong. And there's definitely times where I've suffered before COVID, seeing the long hours, not having the relationships I wanted, not being treated the way I would personally want. And now with COVID, me not owning a restaurant or being the head chef somewhere, I feel there's so many more people seeing our shoes than the head chefs where... We're laid off. We've lost so much money. We don't really have anything to look forward to. It was like great to hear your podcast with Sap Baines and Claire Smith, where they have such big things that they're working towards and they're doing a lot for their teams. And then there's people like me where we're just like twiddling our thumbs, like, what's happening next? Like, are we going to get paid next month or am I going to be off for the next six months? Like, we're itching and like, I'm trying to use my downtime as best as possible to be ready for when the storm clears, but we're itching to get back. But The anxiety is there, not like the unknowing. So much in our industry is planning ahead for the big events or for the dinners. Like It's all about the mise en place and the fact that we can't really do that right now for our own lives. It's crazy, but it's given us a lot of time to change our perspectives and see what we really want out of life in general, not just our careers. And it sucks it's come in such a backwards way, but it's given me a lot of time to be introspective and see what I want out of my life as a whole. And what
1: does that look like compared to what it was before you left England?
0: Before I left England like I even to this day because I love what I do. Like I don't I don't mind the long hours. Like the body and mind like obviously it takes the toll it does but spending the time with my partner with my family with the extended family just because I have so much in the Toronto area that I haven't seen for 10 plus years because of when I started my journey in this career. I'm just like I've missed all these things and I haven't seen these people. And just the amount of joy it was to see my family. Like at one point when restrictions were a bit lighter last summer, my family's so big in the Toronto area. And we just had a group of a couple families and that's like 40, 50 people right there, all blood like relatives. And I'm just like, I haven't seen these people in forever and just to like sit there, shoot the shits, talk about different things. Like it was amazing. And I'm just like, I've been so caught up with my own stuff, my career and different things where I sometimes like things are put on the back burner and and those things are going to suffer. So moving forward to really make a better balance between it all. And obviously it comes down to leaders in, in our profession to put an importance on that within their establishments to make sure that, not just for them, but for their staff in general, has that balance that we're putting priority into everything, our family, our love lives, our career, but then also our other hobbies. This downtime is giving me more time to focus on the other things that I do love. And it shows like, oh, the one talent I have is not just in the kitchen or my one love. It's great. It sucks that it has to come like this, but it's been a great learning experience. And I'm excited to see how things uh, play out on the other side.
1: Yeah, definitely. What do you think that you'll be looking for when you go back into work? Are there any particular things that now with this with this changed perception that you'd be keen to explore or
0: look at? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how first the general public and the the customers and the guests that come in and knowing that a lot of people, especially around my age, compared to maybe some older generations, they can't cook for shit or they like takeout. And it's just like that appreciation for like what we do, the hours that we've put into our craft, like we're a highly skilled workforce. And to now have appreciation to have guests knowing what it costs for our farmers or for us to just prepare the food, like it comes at a price. So to have better wages, to think that, oh, I can try and think of a retirement fund or different investments for my future. If I want to have kids down the line, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. So to have certain things in place like health benefits, better work hours and pay, like these are things that will come in time. But a lot of people are, are leaving the industry because of that. And when your furlough checks or your unemployment insurance is the same amount that you're going to get paid to be a line cook somewhere, people are like, why would we come back to work to work 20 hours a, a day to get yelled at and whatnot? We have to make the environment a lot more inviting to bring these people back not just as a cooking learning environment, but overall you want it to be a healthy, happy place. You have people happy at work and it's going to transpire throughout the whole establishment and a happy workplace is is what you want, especially in our industry you're spending so much time there. I don't want to ever dread going into work. It's a fair point and one obviously we wholeheartedly agree with. I'd be interested to know, I mean, how many of your friends and, and previous
1: colleagues have chosen not to go back into hospitality, can you say?
0: I would say at least like 30, 40%. A lot of my friends are still doing like some takeout stuff with different restaurants, but a lot of my friends have, and even like a sibling, like my brother was a chef as well. And he's looking at like changing careers. A lot of my friends have gone into more lucrative careers or gone into things that they've had as side hustles for years and now making it their main gig. So a lot of them are like, you know what, like look at all the time we have and we can make more money doing this and have much more time on our hands to do the other stuff we love. Like, what's the point? And there's a lot of people like me out there that are super passionate about what we do. But when like, obviously within the UK and Canada, like when things are just chopping and changing, opening and closing, like it's affecting businesses and people's mental health, we're okay, we're back to work. And then two weeks later, you're closed again. And you're out of a job and you get laid off like that uncertainty right now it, it, it's so hard and seeing the UK opening up like fully like within the next couple of weeks is going to be amazing and I just hope that it doesn't have to reverse because that's it's going to affect a lot of people and I've seen a lot of different chefs come out saying that if it happens again it's going to affect people on, on a big scale
1: yeah let's hope i mean i hope we try and be positive and and not look at that reality is there's a there's a there is a possibility i guess with with everything but you know we've gotta try and look forward and and hope it is a sustainable change out of this for long term certainly for hospitality not just in the u k but worldwide because You know, I was chatting to ambassadors while in Canada, in Germany, in South Africa, and hospitality in other countries hasn't had anywhere as near as much help as as we've had over here from the sound of things, you know, with many places not getting any form of grant, or some countries not even getting any furlough payments as well. So yeah, we've definitely borne the brunt of it. So it's time for some good news for us, hey?
0: That's it. And I was lucky throughout the end of 2020, I was able to Went an internship at Noma. So I was there for about three, four months because I think Denmark was like the only place that was somewhat open throughout 2020 based on their COVID numbers. And to be there, obviously to be in that restaurant, that environment was absolutely amazing on, like on its own. But to be there with 20, 30 other interns that have the same amount of passion as you to travel across the world. To work for a restaurant like that, like, it, it was absolutely amazing to meet other people with the same passion, the mindset and talking to them. I think that was the best thing out of the whole experience was meeting other people coming in from Israel, from South Africa, from Brazil, Canada, US. And we're all there for the same love and passion, but hearing their perspectives on how their countries are running it, what they're going back to and like what they're looking forward to seeing how the industry progresses in in their own realms and it's so nice to have like that international network and that's obviously the amazing thing that renee has set up at noma and it was just such a cool experience that all holding me for life because i think that was a big part that really helped me within the last year was being out of work and then to have those couple months where it seemed like a little bit of real life being in a kitchen like it Obviously sucks like having things closed down, Denmark going back into lockdown, but to have those couple months like real service, doing tasting menus, working with a big brigade was it was absolutely amazing. And it'll be interesting to see how the friends I've made there to see how they've combated stuff in their home countries. And like you said, we have to be very grateful for how our countries have done stuff because there's a lot of other places that we don't have the same help. So it's a good time to really ha- like show gratitude and knowing that it could always be worse. Yeah, 100%. It makes
1: us realize sometimes gratitude, I think, is the key thing there. You you suddenly start looking for the positives rather than just assuming it's all negative. What was it like at Noma, just out of curiosity?
0: Absolutely amazing. It, it was my first time being in Scandinavia. So it's always been a dream of mine to, to head over. And I've had a few friends I've gone over in, in previous years and said nothing but great things about the experience. And they were all at Noma at the first location. So to be there now at at the new Noma 2.0, if you will, to see how they've redesigned it perfectly for what fits them, it, it was crazy. And it was a very well-oiled machine. Even based on the environment of COVID coming over, they really helped you out, like getting things set up and to have that little bit of like normal life was super nice. And to see how they were still putting out like... Amazing food and how they're combating stuff, keeping the creative mind going, and obviously meeting some of the the culinary gods, if you will, that you look up to over here. Because we're so far away in Canada, like it's a big trip for us to come over. Where so many Europeans are just taking like an hour or two flight for me, it's like it's a trek. So to be there was, yeah, absolutely amazing. Just living there and going through the experience on the day-to-day at at the restaurant was superb.
1: Was there anything in particular that you had experienced there that you thought was market leading or different
0: in terms of employee well-being and mental health? I think their openness, the way that they said, if you ever had any problems, if you ever had any ideas, like they were very open to people coming out. I'm an outspoken person, if you will. Like If I have something, I want to say, I'm going to say it. And they're very open to that. They were huge on staff meals, making sure everyone sat down. We had really good, well-cooked staff meals twice a day. We were working maybe 12 hours at the very, very most. So they were really cutting down on those long, heavy days. Obviously, they had the manpower to help based on the skill that they're doing. We have a lot of manpower to obviously cut it down. But knowing that they're putting the right things in place, for their staff to be happy is the main thing, but working in that little environment with including all the stages, the front of house team—you're working with like a hundred people in a day, give or take—having the different farmers and stuff come in—it's like Renee's built his little village there, and it felt like it felt really cool to be in that environment and to see like what can come out of that, and that was during like an international like pandemic. So to see like how that like machine runs on a daily basis, I can only imagine. Yeah, incredible
1: experience. And was it relatively easy to go over there and get the post? Say easy, not lightly.
0: (laughs) It's always like a challenge in itself just to get the internship itself. Like there's so many people that apply and they're very picky with who they do bring in, but traveling through COVID itself, getting all the different tests and whatnot, like it's it was such a mission and then leaving Denmark once Denmark closed. I left Denmark in December, spent Christmas with my family in the UK by the time I was going back to Canada, the UK variant came out and Canada's like, oh, we're not letting any direct flights come back from the UK for the next couple of weeks. So then I was stuck there even longer. So it was a lot of hurdles to to get through. But the whole experience was crazy, especially because I know like 99% 99% of my friends and family weren't traveling. And the fact that I was able to get those different things done through a pandemic was amazing.
1: In terms of your sort of personal well-being and how you look after yourself, are there any particular things that you would recommend to other chefs or front of house workers, waiters, waitresses that they could try to in order to improve and maintain their their overall mental and physical
0: health, I guess? The main thing I find is to take time for yourself. Now to have my mornings, like peaceful mornings before you're going into... A restaurant or like an establishment where it's so busy, it's so loud to enjoy the peace and quiet. Like every morning now, I'm really focusing on what I'm fueling my body with. There's so many restaurants and like places I've been before where that hasn't been a big priority. So I'm really focused on like what I eat and drink, what I put into my body and seeing how my body reacts, taking time to meditate in the morning and to do yoga. Your body is your tool. And if you're not going to take care of that, like you're going to see that in years to come. And it's worth the investment. One of my previous chefs years ago made a stretch every day before our dinner service. So taking those different like mentalities moving forward, like to go to the gym as much as you can, you don't have to be the next bodybuilder or anything, but just take care of your body, making sure you're nimble spending this many hours on your feet. It's not always good for your back and your legs, but if you have the right habits in place, you can definitely take care of yourself for the long run. And that's probably the main thing I would, I would want for people is that helps your mind if your body's not working your mind won't and the same thing vice versa you want to make sure that well if you want to do this or pick that up like your body can do it and your mind's going to be there if you're fueling you're fueling your body right if you're just going off coffee and sugar like you're going to come to a big crash at the end of the day so I've made it a, a big importance for me in recent time to make that a big priority of myself now and moving forward.
1: Were there any times where perhaps you weren't looking after yourself so
0: well? And what was the effect of that? Oh, there was definitely times I was, I was definitely not taking care of myself. And it goes to the classic saying I was burning the candle at both ends, You're going out to the bar, or the pub, having drinks, like, till like God knows when, coming in at 7 a.m. and just plowing through it. And at 17, 18, 19, like, yeah, maybe your body can handle it. And you, you could not have me do that now. I know if I'm working the next day, like, I need my sleep and whatnot. And those bad habits, if you will, are going to catch up to you. And is it really worth it? That's the thing. So just coming out of, like, hard times, obviously, with COVID not being able to get out of bed every day and sleeping for God knows how how long like I'm not expending any energy and yet I'm in bed for 16 hours a day like your head's foggy you have no motivation you really have to create the right habits around have the right support system and you know how to like help yourself the mental resilience is such a huge part and it's a whole game itself and you really have to focus on that day in day out otherwise obviously you can end yourself up in a bad place
1: very much so have you seen the mise en place like the personal mise en place list that we've designed
0: that i have yeah
1: so i mean it's a fantastic tool just to be able to try and because i'm the same like and recently we did a post about day off depression after a conversation with another chef that i was chatting to who's, who's followed the project now for about two years and he was saying you know on that day off where you feel depressed and sad because you know, you, you waited for it for so long and then you end up sleeping in and you, it's too late to have breakfast, so you don't eat properly. And then, you know, you haven't got anything planned. So you're walking around the room, scrolling through your phone, waiting for something to jump out and like excite your life. And I was like, yeah, I know that, you know, I know that a lot. And that's where the mise en place sort of personal list come in, in terms of like, you know, plan what you need to do on that, on that day off, but do it the night before, whilst you've still got that energy and that creativity. And then at least that way, then you've got a plan of action. You know, even if it is just wake up and go for a 20 minute walk before breakfast and eat something that's relatively healthy, you know, fantastic. Start off with those things. And yeah, it seems to I mean, it seems to work, but you have to have good time management and you have to be structured because if you're not,
0: you end up just laying in bed. That's it. The discipline has to be there. And I think one of the best things like that's mentioned on that note is having a more or less strict time to wake up every single day. If your day's off and your day's on, like you're up at like set time every single day, you can start building good momentum and like a good strategy. And then you just know like, okay, I, I might be I my day off, but then if I sleep till one in the afternoon, I'm only going to have so many days of daylight and most kitchens don't have uh, too many windows. So when you do have a nice sunny day, you want to enjoy it. And I feel like trash if I wake up mid afternoon and you only have like four or five hours of daylight if that so getting up on your days off making the most of it and even if you are by yourself like you want to have that time for yourself i know like my partner friends family they're all bugging me like okay let's do stuff on your day off and i've definitely had those like those depressive days where you're working a hard week and you just want that one day to just like sleep all day but i know like if i get up five hours earlier than i would sleeping in you feel a lot better about yourself and you're happier that you did that and having that strict schedule is definitely going to help you in the long run.
1: Well said. Well said. And I get in the sense you're still relatively, you know, young at the start of a a very long and healthy career. But I mean if you were to give some advice to a younger version of yourself, what would you say to yourself?
0: I think the best advice I would give would be health is wealth, to really make sure both physically and mentally, it is not a sign of weakness to ask for help, both inside and outside of work for personal and career goals if you need help for whatever reason, there's always going to be someone like willing to help you and to obviously fuel your body in the right way. Because if we don't take care of these different things now, it's going to affect a lot of people. And we've seen it in our industry. I've had friends, unfortunately, that have different addiction problems. I've had friends, unfortunately, take their own lives due to mental health reasons. And the last thing I want is more people for myself or people close to me or anyone in general for that to be the resort so for us to be there to have an arm or a hand to reach out to somebody that is the best thing we can do and if everyone's doing that everyone's always going to have that support system and that is i think the main thing like as you're starting up no matter which industry you're going to just to have that support system you know you can always rely on that's going to be there well said
1: well said and you know, for anyone that Is listening from Canada or America, you can text 741741. And if you just text hello, uh, sorry, home to 741741, you'll get access to a trained volunteer. And then Burnt Chef in the UK, 852 five eight. So again, free text services available to help in whatever sort of frame of mind you're in. But Imran, thank you ever so much for joining me. And thanks for reaching out. It's great to hear different points of view and, and different
0: personal experiences
1: and journeys. And where can listeners find you?
0: Of course. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Listeners can find me probably best on Instagram, just by uh, searching my name, Imran Texera. trying to focus on my journey coming out of this the best way possible. And hopefully I'll be able to meet you guys up in the in the uk in the near future given the times 100
1: i've got a friend of mine who's looking to open up a restaurant in brighton so if you're back that way do so So, lara yeah big shout out to lara and some amazing creative work that she's doing with euphoria so give us a shout when you're over and we'll try and arrange a mass burn chef meet up once covid's buggered off and we can get back to normal
0: sounds absolutely perfect
1: cheers imran thanks for your time mate i'll speak to you soon
0: cheers thank you Bye-bye.
1: see you later bye